Our tale of two women continues today on Search for Truth. This is your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. The two women represent wise choices against unwise ones. And it's a five-week series with number two today. And its purpose is to help us make wise life choices, which will be to our well-being and help us cultivate a good character. The Bible, again, is the source of our teaching, and Brian's readings today will again be mainly from the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament and the book of James in the New. So, let's join Brian now for a talk about what the Scripture's teaching is about the right use of talk, that is, the use of the tongue. Thanks, John. Let me mention first something about the revivalist preacher D.L. Moody, who was conducting evangelistic meetings, and in them he often faced hecklers who violently disagreed with him. In the final service of one campaign, an usher handed the famous preacher a note as he entered the auditorium. It was actually from an atheist who'd been giving Mr Moody a great deal of trouble. The evangelist, however, supposing it to be an announcement, quietened the large audience and prepared to read it. Opening the folded piece of paper for the first time, he found scrawled in large print only one word, FOOL. The colourful preacher, however, was equal to the occasion and announced to the audience, I've just been handed a memo which contains the single word, FOOL. This is most unusual. I've often heard of those who have written letters and forgotten to sign their names, but this is the first time I've heard of anyone who signed his name and then forgot to write the letter. Moody then promptly changed his sermon text to Psalm 14 verse 1 and preached on, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. To rashly call someone a fool, the Lord Jesus famously declared, is to be guilty of a wrong kind of speech, where the output of our lips exposes an anger problem deep within us. You could say it exposes the heart. But what does the Bible mean when it talks about our heart? There's an expression that occurs often in the book of Proverbs, and it's often translated lacking understanding or lacking sense. Literally, it means a lack of heart. Now, we might associate the heart with the idea of affection, but that's not the Bible's normal sense when using it. Rather, the Bible talks about such things as the intent of the thoughts of the heart, Genesis 6-5, or also about our purposing in our heart, Daniel 1-8, or even of the heart striking us at times when our conscience troubles us, 1 Samuel 24-5. It's clear then that the biblical reference is to the very core of our existence, the making of our plans and their consequences for our life. To be lacking in heart then is to lack a good plan for life and that's something with serious consequences and that's the whole point of the book of Proverbs. We are currently exploring five areas of our lives to which this expression is attached in the book of Proverbs. That's the expression lacking understanding or lacking sense. Already we've seen it's to do with facing seduction because we read in Proverbs 9 and verse 16, whoever is naive, let him turn and hear and to him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet. 
Perhaps you'll recall that those were the words of Madame Folly, tempting the unwary down the path towards the thrill of an adulterous affair. Her siren call was matched by the counter-offer from Dame Wisdom. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, she says, forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. We've dealt with that topic already, so now I want us to turn to the next one, and that's the problem of flawed speech. Listen out as the theme of lacking understanding introduces us to types of problem talk. We're going from Proverbs 10, verse 13. On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. Wise men store up knowledge, but with the mouth of the foolish, ruin is at hand. He who conceals hatred has lying lips, and he who spreads slander is a fool. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of understanding. The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom, but the perverted tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous bring forth what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverted. That reading, as we say, was taken from Proverbs chapter 10. Now we move on to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 7. Excellent speech is not fitting for a fool, much less are lying lips for a prince. He who conceals a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. A rebuke goes deeper into one who is understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. We're left in no doubt about controlling our tongue is a major life skill, and one we all need help with. Later in the Bible, the book of James is in many respects the wisdom book of the New Testament. Unsurprisingly, it also concerns itself with our use of language, as in James 3 verse 5, so also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of birds and beasts, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. The Apostle Paul also weighs in on this theme. In Ephesians 5 and verse 4 he says, There must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. There's a saying about needing to put our brain in gear before we engage our mouth or tongue. Well, in those terms, it would seem that an awful lot of what's written on Facebook is the result of people whose brains are stuck in neutral. 
Things are written seemingly with no consideration for the devastating effect they may have on others. Tragically, careless words have wrecked marriages, and insensitive, even cruel, malicious wording has led to bullying and suicide. Some pastors have even tried to ban the use of Facebook in their congregations. In case it should seem I'm singling out Facebook, and so for the sake of balance, it's worth remembering the words of Ben Franklin. He said, The learned fool writes his nonsense in better language than the unlearned, but still tis nonsense. Tribule, the fool at the court of Francis I, was threatened with death by a man in power of whom he had been speaking disrespectfully, and he applied to the king for protection. Be satisfied, said the king, if any man should put you to death, I will order him to be hanged a quarter of an hour after. Ah, sir, replied Tribulé, I should be much obliged if your majesty would order him to be hanged a quarter of an hour before. Disrespectful speech or lapses in the quality of what comes from our mouth isn't a new problem, of course. It's as old as the human race and can affect the best of people. Take the Bible character Isaiah. He was already established as a minister of God's word when he was dramatically alerted by God to his own failures in speech. Here he tells his experience in Isaiah 6. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. As with Isaiah, so among Christians today, Without realising it, we can copy the habits of society all around us. One trend is to thoughtlessly use the expression, Oh my God, or the text abbreviation, OMG. But this is to take the Lord's name in vain, because we're using it thoughtlessly as an empty way of expressing our own excitement over something usually utterly trivial. Dame Wisdom, if we may extend the metaphor, would advise us to speak only what's excellent, acceptable and righteous. In a country I often visit, there's a proverb written on the school walls, three tests before you speak. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Now, applying that would filter out a lot of our speech, would it not? On the other hand, we're advised, answer a fool according to his folly. Proverbs 26.5. And here's an example of that. Seeing John Wesley coming along the street one day, a man straddled the pavement and said to him, I never get out of my way for a fool. But I always do, replied Wesley as he stepped aside into the gutter. Oh,
Thank you for your talk today, Brian. And as usual, a free transcript book is available to accompany these talks. And a copy can be yours if you write in. You can make your request by post or by email. And we'd also be pleased to hear any comments or questions you might have. I'll be giving you the contact details shortly. But the talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. However, if you'd like a copy of the book, just ask for The Tale of Two Women. You can do this, as I said, by email or by post. And here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY UK. That's SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, did you know that by looking up churchesofgod.info forward slash media, you'll find there our church's main website. And once on there, you can download some actual programmes and their accompanying transcripts. And you can also find other helpful uh, material. Anyway, many thanks for the pleasure of your company today. And thanks for supporting these talks with your kind attention. I hope you're enjoying them. So if you can join me again next week, please do so. When our tale of two women continues to give advice about choice of friends. Until then, it's goodbye for now with the very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So, see you again soon and in the meantime, may God richly bless you. <laughs>